Well, Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. I'm going to talk maybe for a few Sundays about this, and then we're going to start with something completely brand new about the home and all that. But uh, I just want to encourage you these next several weeks, if you do have kids, you don't have kids, Lord willing, coming soon. Uh, but Lord willing, um, everybody at some point in time is going to either have kids, you you have kids, uh, or you're going to be investing in kids, even if you don't have your own. And uh, so how many of you ever, have ever worked with children, period? Would you raise your hand? You ever, it's, just, just, it's just part of life. Unless you're a hermit, that's uh, pretty much what we do. And um, so anyway, but Nehemiah chapter 4, look at verse number 10. And it says this, and of course you know the story about Nehemiah, but I'll explain a little bit more about it. And it says, and Judah said, the strength of the bears of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, they shall not know, neither, neither see till we come in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them, I'm sorry, which dwelt by them, came, they said unto us ten times, from all the places when she shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places I even set the people after their families, with their swords, their spears, and their bows. Now, before I read the next verse, just to explain what's going on here, Nehemiah is a cupbearer for the king Artaxerxes back in, in a foreign land. He hears about the news of Jerusalem. He, he wants to help them. He's concerned about their welfare, and etc., etc. He has favor with the king, and the king grants him permission to be able to go back to Jerusalem and try to help the people here. He goes back there and says, whoa, I mean, this, the walls are torn down. The, the enemy has a foothold and has pretty much rule and reign over Jerusalem. And, uh, of course, you know, Sam Ballot and Tobiah are the two, like, arch enemies that are really heading this thing up. Like, do, don't let Nehemiah rebuild this thing. So they're ten times, the Bible says. I mean, they are putting this stuff in their heads. You know, this isn't going to work. This is going to be awful. You can't do this. You know, you're going to lose all your all your uh, imports, you know, you're going to lose all your foreign, you know, trades and kind of like what President Trump's trying to do, you know, whatever, you're going to lose all of this and like, no, no, no. Nehemiah is like, no, 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 don't listen to all this. And they're repeating it over and over again. And there is a reason that Nehemiah is doing this and he reminds them about why they are rebuilding the walls and why this fight is so important and why it is that we should rebuild this thing. And so, he says here, verse number 14, ready? And I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Now I want you to read the next uh, rest of the verse, ready? And what? Fight for your brethren, your sons, and your daughters your wives, and your houses. So that's why we get this, fighting for your sons and daughters. He said, now don't forget, I want you to rise up, I want you to understand this whole thing is because we're fighting for our sons, brethren, sons, daughters, our houses. We're in the fight of our lives uh, for this thing. And be not deceived, uh, be not ignorant of Satan's devices, be not ignorant of what the enemy is trying to do when he burns down our, our, our walls and our homes. 
And so today there's many different venues of attack and many different vehicles that the Satan and the enemy is using to try to infiltrate our homes, to try to lead us astray. And so, boy, it's, out, boy, it's so important. And, uh, and so technology is one. I mean, you can go all throughout the entertainment, a bunch of different reasons, a bunch of different ways. Let me give this next point, and that is this. You can just take the next one, that is this. Raising children is more about the future than the present. I want you to just, just focus on this for, for a second. Raising children is more about the future than the present. So when we get into these lessons, understand this. It's not so much about, oh, I wasn't such a big deal today. Maybe it wasn't today, but it will be tomorrow. Or it will progressively be next year. If I allow this trend to continue to take place, not a big deal today, but it's going to come back to bite us in a year from now or two years from now. Listen, it's the same thing with, with anything in life. Um, a donut today is a pound tomorrow. I mean, it's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, it's just things are progressive. It doesn't affect you today, but it's going to come around tomorrow <laughs> or two days from now. Anyway, uh, but just, just think about these things. And so if, if, a, if a son or, or a daughter or, or a child says, you know what, they talk back and they disobey, Ah, that was cute. It was funny. It's okay today, but that's going to compound tomorrow and it gets worse and worse and worse. And so the disobedience is going to turn into disobeying magistrates and disobeying judges and disobeying police officers. So these things, ah, pastor, that's ridiculous. No, these things are true and it does happen. And so that's why the fight is important to keep the walls up, uh, keep, keep the barriers up in our homes. And, uh, so, so important. Now, don't forget this, Nehemiah chapter 4, bookmark this, if you will, and then go with me over to Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2 in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2, it's like Ephesians, or Galatians, Ephesians, and then Philippians, okay, kind of right in order there, Philippians in chapter number 2, look at verse number 13, so don't forget that this is more about the future than it is the present, and don't forget when Nehemiah was building this wall, was Nehemiah doing this for his own benefit? No, he wasn't. Was he even doing it necessarily for the parents' benefit? No, no, he wasn't. They would probably have a decent life without the wall. But he realized that we're doing this for our children's sake because it's going to get worse another generation from now. And so we as Christian homes, if we're not careful to put up those borders, uh, understand even our own personal lives, which I'll get to in a minute, but our own personal lives, if we don't put up those borders and boundaries, understand that that is this, uh, it's going to get worse. And it continues to slip and digress and they get worse. So anyway, Philippians 2 and verse number 13. Okay, here we go. For it is God which worketh where? In you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So I understand that as this is God is designing to do work in me, first of all, to do his good will and his good pleasure. And so it leads me to number one, and that is this. Fight your own spiritual battles. Go ahead and take the next one there. But fight your own spiritual battle. So God wants to work work in you. And so I have to realize that I need to fight my own spiritual battle. So before I can address the walls for my children, Nehemiah is going to say, listen, we have to address the walls around our whole city. We have to address the walls around our families. And personally, uh, every single one of us have to have a sword. Every single one of us have to be able to be get the armor on and all that. And so it really addresses the moms and the dads first and understand how important that is that I have to fight my own spiritual battle. 
Now keep walking down in the New Testament. It goes Philippians, and then we'll go down to First First Timothy. So Colossians, and uh, and then First Timothy is right after First and Second Thessalonians, and then First Timothy chapter four. Look at verse number sixteen, and it says this: Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and what? Them that hear thee. Now, this is to Timothy who is teaching and mentoring new Christians, but you can also apply this to the home to say, listen, we need to save our own selves so that those who hear us, our children, are going to be able to hear us because we're fighting our own spiritual battles. So here's what I have to recognize in that is this. Who were the ones that allowed those walls to be broken down? Was it the kids? Or was it the parents? In some cases, maybe it was the grandparents. But let me ask you this question. Was it the kids' fault for allowing those walls to be broken down? Yes or no? No, it wasn't. They were born in this, right? Some of you were the same way. You were born in a home where there was no spirituality, there was no moral code there was no there was nothing and uh, just kind of did your own thing and kind of navigated your own way and god brought you here for this time and all of a sudden you're starting to learn all these new spiritual and christian biblical values and truths and all that and it's kind of like wow and so now it's like a nehemiah coming around saying listen hey it's time to rebuild the walls it's time to get this up but realize for our kids to hear us, we have to do this for our own selves. We gotta, we gotta build our own spiritual walls. We gotta be able to fortify our own lives. One of the greatest just things in life, and that is to, to understand why we do what we do. You ever think about that? You know, my, my parents used to have a rule, you know, we, we, um, Guys, we couldn't have long hair. My dad just said, you always want to get it cut. That's great, Dad, but why can't I have long hair? Like, what's so bad about long hair, you know? And, uh, you know, my, my sisters, you know, they could, they could never be, you know, as we would say, immodest, and they had to wear certain clothes, and, you know, just, just, just you know, you can't do that. And it's kind of like, well, why? Why can't clothes be really super tight? You know, what's the big deal with that stuff? You know, why, why, what's up with this? And, um, but down the road, <clears throat> eventually learned these things, and it was extremely helpful, helpful to me. That it all really begins with biblical principles, the Word of God, biblical doctrines. And so why is Nehemiah so emphatic about rebuilding the wall? Because it was a command that God gave generations ago that the city should be fortified. And that was something that God had desired. And so Nehemiah was actually going back to the biblical commands, the biblical principle that God had established years ago. And he was going back and kind of kind of hitting the reset button. Now, all that being said is this. In Christendom, people will say there are a lot of rules. And if you focus on the rules, it can make you rebellious. If it's like it's all about the rules. Like, oh, you gotta, you know, again, you gotta have the short hair. Oh, you, again, you gotta dress this and 
listen to this music and you got to, you know, have these scriptures hanging up on your walls and make sure everything is perfect and it's all good, but you can focus on the rules as opposed to how we got to the rule, okay? You can focus on the wall of the boundary, but not realize why that was there and focus on the principle that led us there. So, which means, I go back to this, the biblical principle, right? So, the biblical principle on this matter of fighting my own spiritual battles is that I have to get myself right before I can get my kids right. So, why is it so important that I am faithful to church? Well, the Bible the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Okay, so that's one. Uh, it talks about the, the assembling of the church on the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians 16. That's two. So, there are some biblical principles, right? And, uh, and keep the, the Sabbath day and the Lord resurrected on Sunday. And so we make the Lord as the Lord of the Sabbath. And so we have the Lord as changing the Christian Sabbath now as Sunday and the first day of the week and the first fruits of the week and et cetera, et cetera. And all these things why Sunday is the holy day and the consecrated day. We should give it to the Lord. These are all biblical principles that we all know. We, you know, you would all agree. That's all true, Pastor. We know all these things. Wonderful. But let's focus on the biblical doctrine, the biblical principle, which leads us to then a biblical conviction. So conviction is basically what I believe. What I personally believe, that is right, that is true. This is my personal conviction. So obviously you're here on a Sunday morning and in Sunday school getting taught biblical doctrines, wonderful. But typically it starts with the Bible says, biblical principle, that leads to now, this is what I believe, biblical conviction. And so I believe it. And so tithing, why do I get 10%? Well, because the pastor did. To be a church member, you got to be a tithing member. That's not true, but some churches do, okay? And uh, you have to do. And man, all these rules are so strict and this and that, and we can't breathe, you know, and we can't be our own man, you know, let me leave me alone. I want to do my own thing. Why is that pastor got to be. Focus on the rules, but wait a minute. But it is a biblical doctrine. So I always, my goal as pastor is to focus on the scriptures and hit scriptures and say, okay, this is why we do what we do. Now, really, the next step is up to you. You have to make it your own personal conviction. I can't make it for you. I have my own personal convictions. But So here's Nehemiah, again, telling them, listen, I can come and rebuild this wall on my own. That's great. But you all need to get in this. And you all need to believe it can happen. Well, we've got so many. I mean, the enemy is like telling us. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you do this, you're going to lose your liberties. If you do this, you're going to lose your imports. If you do this, you're going to lose your trade. And we, we, we on, a, on an economic level, we hear that with the enemy of President Trump saying the exact same thing when it comes to foreign. It's the exact same scenario with these guys. And they're thinking, man, we're going to lose everything. If we follow Nehemiah and do what God wants us to do, but Nehemiah not convinces them, but helps them understand this is what God wants, and we've got to do it God's way. And so they then take it to the next, from biblical principle, now they take it to, okay, this is going to be our personal conviction. And this is what we're going to personally believe. So here's what you have to do as a person, and that is this. Take what a, what a biblical doctrine is, as we talk about raising children and talk about fighting for our children using biblical principles. Now we have to come to, okay, this is what I believe is my conviction. Now, the next step comes to this, my standard. What am I going to do to put up the walls in my home to make it a standard in my life? 
So for example, my home, there's certain things that we will not watch. Well, why is that? Well, the Bible, here's the biblical principle. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes, right? That's Psalms. So it's a biblical principle. So which leads me to a conviction of, I'm not going to put anything that's bad in front of my eyes, especially my eyes, especially my, in front of my kids' eyes. Okay. Well, how am I going to, what's the practical way of applying that? How am I going to make that happen? Well, then I lead, lead to a standard which says, oh, okay. Then we have to, we have to set a boundary, you know, set up a wall on what we allow to be on TV, what kind of movies we're going to watch, what, how we're going to stream the internet, how we're going to filter it, how we're going to block it. Oh, how we're going to check it. So now it leads us to standards, not because of, I want to be a Gestapo and I want to be like all my kids all the time. No, 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 no. It's because of the principle. I don't want any wicked thing before my eyes and before their eyes. So they look at it as, oh man, dad's just being a, oh, change the channel, change the channel. Or we don't have TV, but anyway, but when we did, it was, it was, we were limited to like five state or five channels. These, this, and then, by the way, that show, and that show, and that show, you can't watch. And uh, by the way, we don't, we don't watch any R-rated movies. As a matter of fact, we go down like to G, you know, and and because we just want to keep it, we, I don't want any risk. And and, and really, like, the new R is the PG-13 because now they like so many, so much junk in the PG-13s now. And so now you go down to PG, and you're like, wow, they like that in PG. I'm gonna go down to G, you know. And so it just kind of keeps, you know, do whatever. But again, these are my own. Personal standards based on my convictions. And so, which leads this every Christian is going to have different standards and different levels based on how they want to apply or they believe the Holy Spirit will allow them to apply the, their personal convictions based on the biblical doctrine, which means this my, my standard of I will set no way thing before my eyes is what I believe, but I, I'm not going to enforce my standards on you because you have to be led by the Holy Spirit to take this for your own and build your own walls. And so I present the truth, present what you believe, but listen, I will say this, the higher the walls are, the safer the kids are. And so that's, a, that's always a good rule of thumb. The higher the walls are up, the less those arrows are going to go encroaching those walls. Uh, the less the enemy can scale the wall, because you can just kind of shoot it down and whatever the case may be. So we're going to get into this, but I want to explain that precedence of why it is that we have rules, why it is that we have standards. First of all, for my own life. So let me go back, backpedal a little bit, go back to the fighting our own spiritual battle. So in order for them to hear me, I have to be able to do it myself. So now go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Going back here a few, few books as far as uh, backpedaling. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16. Romans 6 and verse number 16. You know, back in the day, like the popular show was like Andy Griffith, Leave it to Beaver, Dad Knows Best. I remember that show. I mean, Dad's or Father Knows Best, right? Oh, y'all know your Bible. That's good. So Father Knows Best. <clears throat> but, but just in that title right there. Father knows best. That's so good. Because how many know Father knows best? I would say amen to that. No, no pun or no, no sarcasm in there whatsoever. I'm telling you the truth. But, but that's good. That's just good teaching. That is good teaching uh, to our kids. But now what do you have? Now you got the kids making fun of the dads. 
So these shows are just off the chart. And so it's, you know, that, that, that psyche is getting to our kids. And so we say, oh, that's a, that's a funny show. Oh, well, hang on. That funny show is perverting your kids' minds to back talk to you. So you gotta be careful and understand and have the filter of the Bible as you allow these things to happen. Anyway, Romans 6, look at verse number 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, that ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became servants of righteousness. Understand this. Whoever he says you're, you're going to yield yourself to obey. Servant of sin or servant of righteousness. But he says this. It's truly up to you. I have to make that decision. So in my own personal life, let me just give you this last thought and we'll be done. I can't believe this is it. But this one thought and that is this. Do I, do we have personal walls or standards in our lives that knowing why I'm setting these standards up is not only just for me, although it's good for me, but I could probably live without them. But I'm setting these personal standards or walls up in my life, my life for my children's sake. So my children will then hear me to realize, oh, dad's serious because he has his own boundaries. And so then I have a little more credibility to then teach my children do as I say, not as I do. That's a lot of teaching. No, no, I want to be able to say, do as I say and as I do. That brings forth much credibility. And so I got to be very careful. Before I even start to teach my kids, what are my own personal walls that I'm setting up? What are my own spiritual battles? And so listen, if it's if it's the eye gate and things that you're looking on on the internet, things that you're looking on, TV or movies that you rent or buy or Netflix, etc., etc., uh, all these different ways of the eye gate, then personally say, okay, I need to set up boundaries. Either get rid of them or I need to have accountability measures, whether it be my spouse, uh, whether it be somebody else, but I need, or, or put a filter, put a block, put a do whatever, or, or, or even put a, um, a standard on your entertainment to like G, PG, PG, whatever it is, but put that, we will not watch anything, but that was a really funny movie. But my standard is I won't watch PG-13s or I won't watch 14s or I won't watch R's or I won't watch whatever. But having that standard set up then says to the kids, oh, dad's serious because he doesn't even do it. And and not that watching a PG-13 is bad for me, but it would be bad for my kids. And so therefore, I won't do it. Why? Because I'm fighting for my kids. And so I have to realize that I am setting up standards in my life personally. That's so much for me, but I'm doing it for my kids so then they will be able to hear me when I then teach them, don't do that. And they'll be like, well, Dad, when, when we go to bed, you and Mom watch it. Very careful. These kids know. And so I have to set up boundaries that are equivalent for my kids so that way when I teach them, I got their ear. And one of the most important things that I want to be able to do, and that is this, is capture their hearts. You can do a lot of things to save your kids. You can buy books. You can read, uh, I gave you a book last week. You can, you can go to the, re- the couples retreats. And by the way, it was phenomenal. Couples retreat. You can do all these things, but those things are just tools to help us to be able to have the wisdom to save our kids. But what's going to really save our kids is when mom and dad lives the right life and wins their heart. 
And it's not just a, Sunday is not just a showcase. How many I'm talking about? You ever have those parents that showcase their kids on Sundays? Can I get a witness? And, uh, but yet coming on Monday and Tuesday, they're watching, doing whatever, listening to this and, and, and copping an attitude. Mommas and dads are copping an attitude. This stuff's happening. Kids are watching this. And then all of a sudden they go to church. Father! Praise the Lord. We had a great week. And uh, we had this and this and this. And the kids are like, who is that? Two different lives. A lot of truth to that. And so we have to learn as parents to begin with, start just to fight our own spiritual battles and understanding why. The biblical principles that we're just teaching right now of why we fight our own spirit. That's enough. So I just, how many understand that? Amen. Lord, pray you help us this morning. Lord, as we talk and Lord, as we discuss and Lord, as we teach your word, understanding why these things are so vitally important, Lord, is why we, why we fight our own spiritual battles. Lord, why we fight for our sons and our daughters, our children. Lord, this next generation is vitally important. So help us have the biblical premise to understand why. 